It is 7.04. Yeah, time for the Employment Hour. Dave Vaughn from the firm here, here to answer your questions and fill in all the information you need. You have a question about a severance package in front of you. You're wondering what severance should be, how it's paid, anything under that banner here to answer your calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. We'd like to uh, get started. with the we had, no, Let's try that again. The week, though, the speech that was. Week that was. Thanks. See, you That's even know it now. For. Um, I had a case uh, recently where the employee was terminated without cause after uh, four years of service. Uh, service employee was 38 years old uh, and worked in a sales role. Mm-hmm. Um, the employer provided him with four weeks of termination pay, um, which is equivalent to his minimum standards under the yep. Employment Standards Act, right? So uh, we spoke to the uh, employer and, and wrote a letter to the employer and tried to uh, negotiate a fair severance package uh, based on common law and explained to them that um, that was not uh, a fair offer. Four weeks was the minimums. Uh, the employer didn't want to uh, listen to us. They told us uh, you know, that all they had to do was abide by the ESA. Uh, they didn't know anything else. Um, and they said this even though there was no contract, there was no reason to say that. Um, so we had to commence a wrongful dismissal mm-hmm. action. Um, before we even got uh, the st- uh, statement of defense from the company, um, I got a call from the company's newly hired lawyer uh, who informed me that, yes, they, she understood that uh, this was a, a terrible yeah. offer four weeks. Um, after some back and forth, uh, we resolved the case based on six months, which was uh, this individual's uh, sev- common law severance nice. entitlement. Um, so, I mean, the lesson here is the ESA's minimum standards. And so people, people get offered with an ESA uh, you know, termination package, and they look it up, they Google it, and, they, and it says, oh, yeah. Wow, that's what I'm supposed to get. Yeah, it says in accordance yeah. with the ESA, or they call the Ministry of Labor, and they, t- they tell them, yeah, that's, uh, that's all you're entitled to. So um, the ESA is minimum standard. It's not all you're entitled to. Uh, in most cases, you are entitled to uh, significantly more. Lior's been fighting that battle forever. That's why he came up with the severance pay calculator, severancepaycalculator.com, right? That's correct, yes. You do it yourself. What else you got, big guy? I resolved a, uh, another case where, uh, and this was at a, uh, a mediation, and uh, where my client was terminated after another employee accused him of uh, harassment. Um, the company terminated my client for just cause mm-hmm. based on these allegations, and it, it was basically just bullying in the workplace. Um, there was, so they didn't provide my uh, client with any severance pay whatsoever, said they had cause to terminate him. Um, in this case, uh, it, it was a, a strange situation because they had never spoken with this employee before, my client, about didn't these allegations. It. No, didn't, uh, didn't speak with him, didn't prove it, um, didn't conduct an investigation, uh, didn't ask him about it. They just jumped, they believed the other employee and jumped right to the uh, termination. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, from what the evidence showed, is these employees didn't get along. But, it, you know, it went both ways, and it right. wasn't, uh, I wouldn't say it came to the, uh, the level, of, it wasn't harassment. Uh, they didn't get along sometimes at work. Um, and uh, so we obviously had to uh, commence a wrongful dismissal action. And, um, you know, eventually we, uh, at mediation, we did settle it based on the full um, you know, common law entitlements because as the company's lawyer knew, uh, you can't terminate someone for cause without any warnings whatsoever, without involving them in the investigation sure. process, and without giving them a chance to uh, respond to allegations of cause. So... Um, the lesson here is, um, you know, if your employer is going to tell you they have cause, um, you should look into that and talk to a lawyer because it's very, very difficult to establish cause. You need to, it's progressive discipline. You need to talk to the employee. Yeah. Did, did the company or did this individual provide any emails or any back and forth conversations supporting their claim? It was all verbal, right. the allegation. So there was really no proof. Um, and they, you know, in, in such a situation, you can speak to the employee about it and, you know, and warn them about it, but jumping to, uh, with cause termination is not the appropriate approach. What, what would they have to do? What, what would this person or the company would have had to do to make it rise to cause? 
Well, I mean, if it harassment can be serious enough right. to uh, you know constitute cause for termination, and but you should speak to the employee about it and tell them that that behavior is not appropriate, or these are the allegations. What is your mm-hmm. response to that? What is your side of the story? You can't just take one person's side and then jump to a uh, with cause termination and uh, and not give them any severance pay whatsoever. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Lisa, opening call. How are you? Good thing. How are you? Good. We're excellent. Uh, you got a uh, concern? Go ahead, Dave's there. I do. I want to know, um, in, uh, my brother actually has a, um, uh, has a situation where he's been terminated without cause and was told by the um, employer that he signed a contract that had a common law does not apply, therefore he's only owed the minimum in his severance. Is that something that applies? And he didn't even know what that was. So he's been told that he can actually challenge that or suggested that he could. And I just am curious if what that means. So first of all, um, an employer can have a contract um, that does limit the, uh, an employee's termination entitlement to those established by the Employment Standards Act minimums. However, I review these contracts, um, you know, 10 of them a day sometimes, and it's very, very rare that it does so effectively. It's got to be worded precisely. It has to be very properly worded because the courts want to protect employees. Because like you've said, uh, Lisa, you you and your brother don't really understand what, you know, when he signed that, you didn't know what you know, ESA termination was, what sure. common law was, right? And, and the courts say that, that that's, they want to apply a fairness standard there. So I would say 99% of these contracts I review, they are unenforceable. They're not going to be able to limit your, uh, your brother to the termination entitlements under the ESA. And that was what the suggestion was, because the employer has actually come back and said, no, we've got a binding, strong, good employment contract. So I, I, so it's, Anyways, it's very rare that, that they have a, a, an enforceable contract. How many years of service does your brother have? Uh, with this particular company, it was only a year and a half, but it was um, a very challenging environment. So mm-hmm. okay. that's why, right? So Yeah, so uh, and how old is he and what was his job? Um, oh, he was in a leadership role, and he, it was, he's mid-40s. Mid-40s. So he could be entitled to between four and six months mm-hmm. uh, of termination pay. Okay. So I'd uh, I'd be happy to review that contract uh, with uh, you or your brother. So uh, why don't you give us a call tomorrow and we can uh, we can go over that with you. Yeah, Lisa, get on that. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Taking a short break here. Check out severancepaycalculator dot com to see how Dave came to that number rather quickly. It's his expertise, don't you know? Everyone else four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Love to get your phone calls here. The Employment Hour Talk Radio AM six forty. Dave Vaughn doing the Monday night thing here on the Employment Hour from the firm. Anytime you need to get a hold of the guys, one 821 5900 But your phone call is always top priority. Eric, good evening. How you doing? Good, pal. What's uh, what's happening with you? Uh, a friend of mine uh, had a job in a kind of a fast food restaurant type style. She mm. was there for about 10 years as a supervisor position. And new owners took over the business. First thing they did is take her title away. And just gave her such a hard time to the point where she quit. Now, is she entitled to some sort of severance? Eric, when was this? When did this happen? About six months ago. Uh, six months. That's a, that's been a... out for six months. Okay. And at the time, that, so she resigned voluntarily? Yes. Did she tell them that it was because of these uh, changes they made? Pretty much, yes. Okay. Well, that could be a constructive dismissal. In fact, it probably is. Uh, the only concern I have is if it's too, uh, you know, too... Uh, too late to go Too back late, or? yeah, to do anything about it. With that said, I mean, if they come in there and make, uh, you know, it's basically a demotion, 
Yeah. Eric? And um, did they cut her pay at all? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, oh. so there's a cut in pay, probably a cut in hours as well? Yeah, cut in hours, and then just uh, the new owners were just, just treated her so bad to the point where she quit. Yeah, these are all uh, these are like the the classic constructive dismissal scenarios: cut and pay, cut and hours, um, demotion. demotion, and treating you poorly. So even though it happened six months ago, Eric, it, it's possible um, that it could still be a constructive dismissal, and she could get severance pay. And uh, how old is she? Yeah, late forties. Late forties. I mean, she could be looking at ten to twelve months of severance pay. So uh, even though it was six months ago, I would strongly encourage you to tell her to uh, give us a call because uh, you know she's been given no severance pay whatsoever right now, and uh, that's really not fair given the uh, 10 years of service she uh, dedicated to that company. Yeah, because she had no issues. The whole 10 years she was there, she loved her job. Yeah, right. that's, that's unfortunate. So um, strongly encourage you to give us a call. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Eric, that number, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900, or simply Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Anytime you want to drop an email. Frankie, how are you? Good evening. I'm fine. Yourself? Good, sir. What's uh, what's your concern? I have a question regarding severance. Um, if they offer you a severance package, can they condition the severance package? And what I mean by that is if you find employment – uh, a year down or uh, a month down the road, uh, can they reduce your severance package because you found employment, or do they have any grounds to basically condition your severance? Yeah, so uh, they can do that, and uh, in fact, a lot of the uh, you know initial offers I see from companies, um, they will offer some type of salary continuation. So keep it simple: twelve months of salary continuation. However, if you find a job during that twelve months. Um, either we'll stop paying you. Or 50% of the or, outstanding balance or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll reduce it by 50% or yeah. we'll pay you the 50% of the remaining amount. Is that what that says, Frank, in your uh, case? It did. This is quite a few years ago. But okay. in saying that, is severance not for years of service? Under the common law, Frank, um, severance pay is um, based on age, years of service position. So we look at those three main factors, and really what we're trying to predict is how long it should take you to find a new job. Uh, Common law severance pay is designed to bridge the gap of unemployment. Um, So what a a court would do is they'd look at those factors, age, position, length of service, any other relevant factors that may make it easy or difficult for you to find a job, and they'd come up with a number. Uh, Let's say it's 12 months. They would then say any income you earn during that 12 months is deducted from what the employer owes you. So that's why the employer is allowed to put in such conditions. Because the whole point of severance is to hold you over till you get a job. Right. right? So if you so, get a job at the six-month mark... Mission accomplished. That's right. right. Now, many of, the, uh, many of the severance packages we do negotiate, we try to get a lump sum for the employee so that the company doesn't have to worry about chasing them yeah. um, and, and you know, coming after them if they, uh, if they do get a job, and the employee can move on and find, uh, you know, find employment. Okay, fair enough, but is there not some part of the equation that takes into consideration the years of service with that company as well? That's, that's the initial calculation for your yeah. severance, yeah. I right. understand, yeah. but again, but again, if you're fortunate to find a job within a week after of being let go, mm-hmm. then you could potentially lose maybe up to at least fifty percent of the severance. Yeah, if yeah, you, that's correct. Unless you're unless you got a lump sum, then it's like a one big fat lottery ticket. And in, in fact, Frank, you could in court if uh, again if they offered you twelve if they offered you twelve months or the court awarded twelve months and you got a job after you know three months, you would only get three months under the common law. 
Mm-hmm. Now, these uh, there's another concept called uh, statutory severance pay and termination pay under the Employment Standards Act, which are minimum standards, and those cannot be reduced uh, or deducted based on income you've earned. But under the common law, um, that can be. So that is why they are permitted to do that. Frank, appreciate the call. I know it's a question a lot of people ask and want to ask, so we thank you for asking that. We'll take a, a short break here. Your phone call is just getting warmed up. The employment hour continues right here on Talk Radio AM 640. 725 on your Monday evening. Yeah, we got wide open lines. Feel free to give us a call. You have severance questions, employment questions. You've been fired. You think it might be around the corner. You want to call. Dave Vaughn is here from the firm to... Uh, to help you out, one 821 5900 by the way, is the number outside of the show to uh, get a hold of the guys. Uh, we're going to talk about forced resignations here for a bit, situations where an employee is given no choice but to resign. So what is a real resignation, and does one get severance if he resigns? We just had a call similar to that, right? Yeah, we did. Ago. And uh, a resignation occurs when an employee infor- uh, informs her employer that she will no, long- lo- no longer be working for the employer as of a given date. And right. A real resignation must be voluntary, clear, and unequivocal. So it can't be forced by the employer, and it needs to be uh, needs to be clear. It needs to be, I will be resigning as of this date. Uh, it can't be open-ended. Uh, I'm looking to move on. Maybe. Uh, yeah. It, I might resign uh, if I find a better job. That's not a real resignation. Uh, and you do not get severance pay if you resign. Right. And that's the big mistake a lot of people make is they do resign without realizing that there may have been other options rather than resigning, and then they give up their severance pay. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that. What happens if an employee is told to resign or forced to? So this is not a resignation. Oh. It's a termination. Um, under no circumstances can an employee be required or forced to resign, um, despite what uh, some employers will tell their employees. Um, therefore, if you refuse to resign um, and then your employer terminates your employment or says, you know, I'm treating you as having, been re- as having resigned, um, you're still entitled to severance pay. That's a termination. So people are often like, they're concerned that it's better often to, you know, quote unquote, resign than to let go. What is that, a matter of pride? Should, should they be concerned about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a scenario I see quite a bit, actually. And, you know, the classic, uh, I'm, you know, the employer says you're fired. No, you can't fire me. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm resigning. A, it's a movie script. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm quitting. You can't fire me. That's a huge mistake. <laughs> Vice versa, if you're, if right. you're an employer uh, and the employee resigns, um, then you come back and say, you can't resign, I'm firing you. Big mistake by the employer, right? So right. if someone wants to resign, if you're the employer and your employee wants to resign, let them. So heat of the moment, we'll go right to that one. You know, you hotheads, you say, you know what? Bleep you, I'm out of here. I resign, I quit, I walk out the door. How much time do you have till you get home and go, oh, you know what? That was a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah, and that, this is a pretty common one too. And usually it happens when an employee's fighting or arguing with the manager and just says, I can't take this anymore. Uh, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, you do have a cooling off period. So the, um, the courts aren't going to say, oh, you said you resigned, therefore you, you, know, you have no chance to take it back. Um, generally, you should act as quickly as possible, obviously. Um, so, I mean, ideally, you do it before your next shift, um, but it can be a couple days. But what you're going to want to do is tell the employer, look, I am sorry, I didn't mean to resign, I take it back. Try to get in writing, too. I was going to say, yeah, you should always get in writing, too, Get it right? in writing, explain what happened. And uh, I've actually had cases, too, where the employee's actually shown up to work, has regretted the, the resignation, mm-hmm. um, res- you know, emailed them and said, I didn't mean to do that, I still want to work there. And then uh, the employer didn't respond, so the employee just went to work. Okay. This is a show. I'm I, look. I'm not resigning right. on the next shift. And then the employer said, "No, you resign. Get out of here." And uh, in, in that case, we were able to uh, clearly uh, convince the uh, 
the other lawyer, the, the company's lawyer, that that was not a resignation. That was a termination because the person actually showed up to work. They clearly had no intention to, mm-hmm. uh, to quit. So uh, there is a bit of a grace period, but you should act uh, as quickly as possible. So what is your next step? You go back and the boss says, no, no, chief, forget it. You just resigned. Therefore, you have resigned. Please leave. What you'd want to do, I mean, obviously don't force yourself into the building or anything mm-hmm. like that, but um, I would recommend going home and then writing an email and just confirming exactly what happened. Um, you're going to want to paper the, uh, you know, have paper for the records, have mm-hmm. some evidence. And even if your employer denies it, at least you've summed up what in your view happened. Right. Um, and you've been there. I mean, people are going to see you there. The other the coworkers or other uh, managers are going to see that you were there. Um, so that, in my view, is not going to be a resignation. Uh, the phone number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We've got wide open lines. You want to give us a call? We'd love to talk to you for the uh, remainder of the hour. So the uh, we had this scenario when we opened up with the week that was, and an employee resigned because something happened in the workplace. could be a variety of things. Uh, made it difficult to continue working. What do they do? Yeah, so if, the most common uh, situ- you know, situation we see this in is harassment, right? So the employees- It could be from the boss too, right? It could, yeah. Right. Boss, coworkers. Um, so if an employee is faced with harassment in the workplace, um, the employee may be able to treat this as a constructive dismissal and, and resign. Um, so if this occurs, though, you don't want to just resign and leave. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is uh, make it very clear that the reason you're leaving is because of this harassment and because the employer has refused to do something about it. So before jumping to the resignation, what you're going to want to do is ask the employer to do something about it. So notify your human resources, your manager, that Again, you are being email. harassed. Get it on Get email. Copies of it. I'm being harassed. This needs to stop. Um, whether if it's another coworker, you can. It's much easier to go to human resources or a manager and, and complain about mm-hmm. that, right? And um, hopefully the employer will do something about it. Uh, it's obviously more difficult if it is the manager or the the owner doing you know doing the harassing. For sure. Uh, so in that type of case, you just want uh, some emails just saying you know this is what I've been going through. This is the treatment you've been uh, you know subjecting me to, and uh, it needs to stop. Otherwise, I'm going to have no choice but to you know, treat my employment as having been constructively uh, terminated. We'll take a, a quick break. We'll continue with this topic of forced resignations, what you need to know about that. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell your phone calls. And we'll get to some emails as well. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. 7.34, Dave Vaughn from The Firm is here for the hours on Monday. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is a phone number to call and talk to us tonight right up until uh, till 8 o'clock. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll get to a couple of those very shortly. We were talking about forced resignation situations where an employee is given no choice but to resign. Are there situations when it's actually better to resign than to continue working? There are, yes. Uh, if your employer reduces your pay... Um, changes or reduces your hours, uh, changes your work location, uh, or demotes you, uh, or takes away uh, duties and responsibilities. Uh, it actually may be necessary in a lot of ways to resign uh, and treat your employment as having been constru- uh, constructively terminated. This is because if you accept these changes, mm-hmm. so if you work under the uh, the demoted position or the uh, you know twenty percent reduction in salary for too long, you can't do anything about it. Becomes a term of employment, right? It does. Yeah, uh-huh. you've uh, been viewed as accepting it, and uh, you can't then say, "Oh, uh, you know, I've been constructively dismissed. I want a severance package." You lose that right to do that after usually a couple weeks, but it really done, does depend on the uh, the circumstances. So, if you've been going through that, somebody listening now is going, "Well, wait a minute. You said I shouldn't resign because I'm not going to get severance. This is different." It is, and what you should do is you should inform your employer that you do not accept the changes they're making, uh, and give them a chance um, to to not impose those changes. 
Um, and once they say, no, that's your new rate of pay or that's your new position, there's nothing we can do about it. At that point, you can say, okay, given your, you know, given these changes, I can't continue working here. Um, I'm not voluntarily resigning. I'm doing this because of these changes. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sales. The number so I know we, we talked to somebody at the beginning of the show and that would happen to them six months ago. So does the window of opportunity have to go back on it? Um, does it depend on the severity of the resignation? I mean, if you're like physically abused or something and you resign, I mean, that's got to be pretty severe as yeah. opposed to just not liking your working conditions or having a drop in pay, right? And in her case, it sounded like from the information we uh, we gathered that she actually did um, bring those her complaints mm-hmm. up, right? She told them apparently at the time of uh, resignation that it was because of the demotion, the reduction in pay, reduction in hours, and the poor treatment, uh, at least according to uh, to her friend. So if she did that properly, if she did notify them of that, she could say it's a constructive dismissal, um, even though it's six months ago. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Paul, good evening. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Uh, well, I'm actually calling on behalf of a friend of mine. Uh, last week, he came to me with this situation, and uh, he asked me to actually call in on his behalf. Great. Uh, he's been working for this company now. It's an inside, an inside sales job uh, for about two years. Uh, so last week, his, uh, his supervisor asked him to uh, be subjected to a performance review. Uh, but as it turns out, he was the only one who was subjected to it. No other of his coworkers was. So I'm not sure if it's a case of discrimination here. Um, uh, there, there's going to be a follow-up review this week. Uh, so uh, we, we kind of feel like they're trying to paper the file in, in order to get him out the door. So did they uh, bring up serious performance concerns? Uh, not, not necessarily. Uh, like, uh, he sort of, he scored average to above average on all of the indicators, uh, that they had there, but there wasn't much of a, of, of a review process. Um, uh, they, like they don't have any indicators in place to track like his, the number of calls, et cetera. Like that's part right. of the criteria. Well, I mean, so, it sounds like he had a pretty, you know, uh, average to above average performance review. So it doesn't sound like they'd be trying to establish, you know, some type of uh, cause for termination. Uh, so if, if, uh, if they ask him to sign anything and he doesn't agree with it as far as their assessment of his performance, should he sign it? Does he prejudice himself by signing something like that? So there's a difference between signing it and agreeing and signing it and acknowledging being given it or having the review. So what he can do is he can sign it. Um, if it just asks him to acknowledge the meeting and acknowledge receipt, yeah, he can sign that. Um, but if it, it says to acknowledge that he agrees with it, no, I wouldn't sign that if I were him. And what I would do instead is, um, you know, write a, uh, a response to it and, okay. and sign that and say, this is my, you know, I understand these uh, issues, but here are my concerns um, with, with the assessment or here are my views on it. Here's my side of the story. Um, just so you have that or, or your friend has that in his, uh, in his record. That's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure, Thank Paul. you, Paul. The one thing that, that Paul said there off the beginning was concerning that whole thing. He mentioned the word discrimination. you got to be really careful when you use that word, right? Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know what the, what the basis uh, could have been. Right. Um, discrimination uh, is uh, reserved for um, you know, grounds under the Human Rights Code. Yeah, not just because you're singled out among other employees. Right. right? That's, that's a big be, difference, right? Yeah, it needs to be tied to something like uh, family status or right. age or uh, gender. Again, moving forward, Paul, any other concerns, one 821 5900 We'll take a, a quick break here. Lots more to go. Get to some of your emails. That is Lior at employmenthour.com. And, of course, the phone lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. 
7.43, Monday evening, Dave Vaughn here from the firm, uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. I always get to the phone calls. Got uh, Bernie on the line. Good evening, Bernie. Yes, hi. How are you? Not too bad at all. Okay, well, what's your concern? Um, I'm a traveling mechanic. I have a uh, company vehicle. There's several of us. And the new management is deducting travel time off of us now, and some of us are losing from two to three hours a day. Um, they're they're deducting the travel time in the morning and in the evening. Okay, where do you uh, where do you travel to, Bernie? Uh, we travel all over Ontario. Um, do you get you get a job and you have to drive to a different city or different town usually? Yeah, yeah, all okay. over we do, and uh, our our main base is in Mississauga. Okay, and um, I mean, what's their logic for deducting the travel time, or what what aspect of it are they deducting? Uh, the travel to site and back they're saying that they don't want to pay us from home to home um with their company vehicles but we're carrying their product with us at all times to do the jobs when we arrive on site okay and you've been how long have you been paid your uh, travel time how many years uh probably a good 12 years or more yeah okay and and the other guys that work with me some of them are 20 30 40 years in this business Jeez, really yeah so the employer can't uh bring in these types of changes um, this would, uh, you know, be a constructive dismissal uh, if you wanted to treat it as such. But um, it, probably the, the best way to deal with it is to talk to them about it and, and let them know that this isn't okay, um, and, and we can help you with that. Um, yeah. Because um, we've know, that, brought it serious. up in meetings numerous times, and uh, okay. one of our fellow coworkers had printed off the Ministry of Labor law, yeah, and brought it into a meeting, and they had fired him very shortly after it. Oh, wow. They said that the company's going in a different direction and uh, you don't fit in with the new way that we're going. So they they gave him his package and stuff, uh, a half-decent package to yeah. put him out the door. <laughs> I bet you it wasn't half-decent. <laughs> uh, they gave him two weeks for every year he was yeah. there, plus, yeah. Uh, yeah. plus three or four weeks to sign immediately. Yeah, that's probably yeah. not good yeah, enough he got in, in his, on his, uh, yeah. How long, his So case. when did this happen, Bernie? So when did this come down, the change? Well, the new management had taken over about two years ago. They they had uh, pushed out the gentleman that was in charge of us and put this other gentleman in charge, and uh, he just implemented all these new rules. And but when did the new rules come into the place? Traveling when one. did they start? When did they start deducting the travel time or not paying you for travel time? Uh, about two years now. Oh, that, they did it that long ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and we've been bringing it up in meetings and everything and that, and uh, you just can't talk with them. It's just. Yeah, yeah. It, it could even though um, I mean, if it was uh, in terms of constructive dismissal, you may be out of time in that sense. But it could be a uh, violation of the Employment Standards Act because you're basically not being paid for your time. Um, so, uh, and Bernie, are you in a union? Uh, we just voted the union in. Okay. It's in legal litigations right now because of what they're doing to us, and they even try to go farther with it. They wanted to use a GPS to pay us for our to mm-hmm. use it as a um, like a timesheet. Okay. And uh, so, are you? So, do you have a union rep? Like, if you have issues at work, do you go through the uh, the union rep now? No, not yet. No, like like it's fresh right now. It's just voted in. We did the vote. They counted the votes, and it's a yes. And now all the lawyers are doing all the legal stuff with it now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's quite the situation uh, going on over there. It sounds. See like that? Okay, this is an interesting threshold. Can can you still act in his will or not? Because you, you know you can't you can't go outside the union. 
uh, Bernie at any time for any outside uh, legal advice. Well, he can get advice, he just can't get legal help outside of union. But he's yeah, not. He's, it's, it's a difficult situation yeah. because kind of, we're in. Uh, it's a strange time just because of, we're in limbo. Uh, we are right. So, right. Um, Bernie, what you should do is why don't you give us a call tomorrow and we can uh, we can talk to you and see if we can we can help you because if the union can't help you um, because they haven't been brought in yet, then yes, you can go through uh, you know a uh, an employment lawyer. Yeah, but if they're legally part of the union as of now. Then he couldn't. Yeah, he'd have to go through it. the union. But yeah. if there's no representation in that sense, um, you know, he he could go through uh, get his own lawyer. Bernie, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I'll get to a quick email here before we break. Uh, Boris says my father just lost his job after twenty eight years. Twenty years, and he was offered eight months severance. Is that all he gets? That's a uh, great question, Boris. And uh, if you've listened to the show before or been to the severance pay calculator, you know that is not enough. Um, We look at three main factors, age, years of service, position. Uh, The older you are, the longer you've been there, and the more senior or specialized the job, the more you get. And what that's supposed to predict is how long it should take you to find new work. And uh, what those factors are all about is the availability of similar employment. Um, you know, depending on his job and age, and I assume he's probably in his 50s, uh, possibly 60s, um, Boris's father would probably get uh, somewhere between 18 to 24 months of pay. Probably, yeah. yeah. Again, severancepaycalculator.com, those three factors that uh, Dave just mentioned, that's exactly what you input into the calculator uh, from your own desktop, your iPad, your tablet. You can do it there and see what the number comes out, and it'll be very similar to what uh, Dave said because that's how the computations are made. We'll take a short break here. The number 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Your phone calls, emails, and uh, lots more information coming up in the Employment Hour, the Monday night edition, right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. Dave Vaughn from the firm here handling the Monday night this week. I want a reminder, Monday nights and Wednesday nights right here. You'll catch us on 640. Your phone calls, the Employment Hour. Love taking them. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com through email. And when you got a few moments, check out severancepaycalculator.com. We got us over to uh, Chris. Good evening, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Good. What is going on with you? I uh, just have a situation going on. I wanted to get some more information about uh, the setup I have going on in my job right now. Okay. Yeah, so basically uh, I do courier work uh, here in Toronto, and um, I work my hours are 5 p.m. to 1 a.m., and then uh, from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Basically they have me on call uh, doing dispatch service, uh, but I don't get paid for it. It's only if an order comes in, then I get paid, uh, you know, a compensation for that. So yeah. I wanted to know um, whether that uh, was a violation of the Employment Standards Act or if there's anything I can do about that. It, Chris, it, it's a great question, and it's a very uh, unique situation mm-hmm. um, and uh, a confusing situation in some circumstances. Um, but they do not have to pay you um, for on-call time that you're not at work. Okay. 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 So if you are at work, um, they have to pay you. Or if you get called in when you're on, on the on-call um, duties, they have to pay you. But if you're just at home on call, they do not have to pay you under the Employment Standards Act. Okay. Okay. Thanks for the clarity on that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Have a no good worries. one. Thanks, Chris. Any other concerns, of course, one 821 5900 We'll get to Anna here. Sent uh, an email through. Says, I was put on a performance improvements plan two months ago. Last week, my employer told me that I didn't improve and I was let go without severance. Is that right? What can I do? So as uh, the listeners know, and as you know, John, mm-hmm. very difficult to uh, terminate for just cause, yep. especially when it's performance issues. 
Um, so that's the uh, the starting point. Um, second, it sounds like this. I mean, it's a two month performance improvement plan. How much can you really improve your performance? Your, your let's say it's sales or whatnot okay. over two months. So, uh, in my view, one performance improvement plan and only given two months to improve. Um, there's no chance you're going to get uh, a cause for termination for the employer. So, uh, Anna, you are entitled to uh, severance pay, in my view. Um, and uh, so you should give us a call to see what that is because uh, you, know, you could uh, get several months of termination pay uh, depending on your years of service. If an employer were to come to you and say, you know, Dave, I'm thinking of putting, you know, Anna on a performance improvement plan, what would you suggest? Because you just said two months is, you know, not nearly enough. What would you, what would you tell an employer? Yeah, two months usually isn't going to do it if it's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to want to give a, a, a greater amount of time than that, maybe six months, maybe even Wow, no year. kidding. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you're going to want to give more than just one. Uh, you're going to want to have some regular meetings with them to show uh, to show the court, if necessary, that you did everything you could as an employer to help that employee with their performance and that um, really the, the lack of performance or the lack of improvement was almost intentional or at least they, had, they didn't care to mm-hmm. improve. Um, so I would want a number of different performance improvement plans um, with, uh, you know, showing that you're telling them, uh, telling the employee exactly what to do, how to improve their uh, performance, and that if they don't improve, uh, their employment's going to be terminated uh, for costs. So that's enough. If they go through that in, uh, performance improvement plan, six months, a little more, that is enough to rise to cause now? It's very tough to say. Right. Um, and, and I never like to say it's cause and performance issues because I, I think that is a very tough one to establish. But um, you would definitely need a more than two months and uh, at least six months in my view. Before we wrap, just got an email here. It said, uh, I guess this, this this person says they're either a dependent contractor or independent contractor. They like to know the difference between those two. Okay, so a dependent contractor yeah. is going to be basically like an independent contractor. So they have their own, usually have their own business. They're paid as a uh, as they're self employed or as through a corporation, um, and they probably do about you know somewhere between you know ninety eighty. 70% of their work for that one company. That's a dependent contractor. That's right, yeah. Okay. Um, independent contractor is going to do you know, 20% of their work for one company, 20 for another, um, and uh, work for various different companies. And a dependent contractor is a, almost like an employee. They're dependent for most of their income on that one employer. So if they get let go, they're going to have the same severance and termination entitlements as an employee, okay. whereas an independent contractor will not. That's an independent uh, business person who, uh, if the employer or uh, you know the co- the business lets them go, they don't get anything. Does it make a difference pay. in either case if the uh, company is not not or is withholding taxes? It does not matter. Um, oh, you wow. can you can call yourself a uh, employee or an independent contractor, but uh, it, it, the uh, courts will look at the the relationship, the nature of it, so the amount of control the the company has over you, uh, the hours of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you have to show up. Um, you know, five days a week for, uh, you know, eight hours each day. Using their office. Using their office, using their tools. If you get your direction from uh, the company, you're either going to be an employee or, or a dependent contractor in, it, in those types of cases. How many times do you see come by the office that an employer, or at least an employee, I guess at this point, would come by you haven't been let go, and the uh, employer has stated the reason I don't have to pay you severance because you are a independent contractor, when they are not? Yeah, I would say most cases I see it is at least a dependent contractor. So it's either an employee or a dependent contractor. It's very rare to see a true independent contractor where you know, 10% of your income is, you know, comes from all the different sources. So yeah. 10% from one company, 10% from another. 
Smart, before you uh, pull the plug on an employee in that regard, you give them a call. Call the guys at the firm, call the or call Dave, one 855 821-5900 is that number. And for your own reference, anytime you want to check it out, have a look at what you could be owed if it ever came down to that, severancepaycalculator.com. Done for now. Back here Wednesday night, as you know, at 7 o'clock, the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640.